Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Well, hello, everyone, uh, to the very first episode of the Film Buds podcast. Um, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a bit of a journey to get here and a lot of investment, but uh, we've made it, hopefully, and we're so happy to have you with us. Uh, my name is Henry Faraday, and I'm joined by Will Davies. I'm Will Davies, and yes, for those who can't see, I am waving. Yeah, uh, and we are joined by our, our good buddy, uh, Braden Stone. Hi, uh, glad to be here. For those who can't see, I'm not waving. Uh. <laughs> uh, but that, that is just okay. Um, so, uh, we're going to be uh, talking about Cars 3, first of all. We'll give you a little rundown of what's going to happen. So, first, going to be doing that film, then uh, on to Rough Night, and then... Uh, we're also going to be, we have a few discussion questions um, that some brought to us by friends of ours and then also just some recent news pieces that hit the presses last night. So we'll be t getting into that. And then finally, um, last but not least, we'll be doing a recap of the 2017 movie year so far, talking about our favorites, least favorites, and what's uh, still to come, um, for better or worse. Um, and so how are you all doing today? Doing good. Doing fine. Brain, did you get that muffin? No, no. <laughs> I missed that. I, I, I felt it was more important to be on time than to satiate my hunger. So. That's that's well done. And that's we appreciate it. Yeah, sacrifice. That, that's that's good work. Um, and so I should say, yeah, we are a little rough around the edges. This is, uh, we're new to this, and so we apologize if we're a little scratchy technically or, or otherwise. Um, we also just had a little issue where We'd been talking for a few minutes and realized we had not been recording. Um, so that was fun. And so we're doing all this over again. Things you will miss. Yes. Uh, unfortunate things. Beautiful things. Uh, but nevertheless, we are here now. Um, yeah, so to give us, to give you guys a little bit of an introduction as to who we are uh, as human beings. Um, so I a, was a film student, graduated last year. Um, and I've done some screenwriting, not professionally, unfortunately, but um, done a couple of feature-length screenplays and also done some movie and television news and review writing for various websites over the last few years. So I'm, of course, uh, very rich and well-off because of that. <laughs> um, and then just a big-time film buff, as we all are, and we hope you are too, or we'll become one by listening to this. Or you'll come to hate movies, one or the other. You know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, will? Um... Born and raised here in Chapel Hill. Uh, I do a blog for all those interested. Check it out at Adventures in Movie Going. Uh, shorthand is Will Flicks. Uh, other than that, just been obsessed with film for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Braden? Um, I don't. My father has owned a movie theater here, independent movie theater here in Chapel Hill, for quite some time, so I, I grew up around films. Uh, my educational background is not necessarily in films, but I have had the opportunity to take a few classes, smattering of them, you know, here and there over undergraduate and graduate 
coursework, but uh, right, right. But it's mostly just having having grown up around them and, and, and being in a household where film was you know very important. So I, I try to watch what I can now. So cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about ourselves, um, and you'll come to know us in future episodes. Uh, Will just had our brain just had a little uh, knocking of a shelf. Uh, nearby, so don't worry about that. That's nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so yeah, so this I mean, just to give you a little, um, what's the comment? It's gonna be very laid back. We're not superstars, but we're you know just love to talk about movies, and so that's what we're gonna do. Um, unless you guys have anything else, I guess we can just jump into Cars Three, which we sh will say Braden was not able to see the movies unfortunately, just due to schedule and all that, but. Um, he will probably join us next week for Transformers, which will be super fun. Um, so it might just be Will and I talking for a little while, but that that's all you need, really. You know, that's where we're good to go. Um, so uh, let's jump into Cars 3, and we've got a clip. Let's take a listen. Hey, what was my speed? I don't know. I can only track you on the treadmill. No treadmills. Oh, what about Hamilton? Hamilton here. Who's Hamilton? My electronic personal assistant. You know, like on your phone. You do have a phone, don't you? Race cars don't have phones, Cruz. Hamilton, track Mr. McQueen's speed and report it. Tracking. I'll stay as close as I can. Your suit will transmit your speeds to Hamilton. Fine, whatever. All right, uh, so Cars 3 is directed by Brian Fee, um, and it features the voice cast of Owen Wilson, Christella Alonzo, Chris Cooper, Nathan Fillion, which I didn't know, I didn't realize until afterwards, um, and Army Hammer. Um, and the IMD plot synopsis is, Lightning McQueen sets out to prove a new generation of racers that he's still the best race car in the world. Um, so, Will, uh, thoughts on Cars 3? Um, first, I gotta say I have a routine love for Pixar. So I may be a little biased. But I really enjoyed the film. I don't think it had the umph, say, of the first cars or something like Inside Out or Brave. Yeah. I did love that they managed to splice Paul Newman back into the film. Mm, right, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I uh, I have some more notes here, but we can get into it. Um, I mean, I thought it was okay. I'm, I'm also a big Pixar fan for the most part. The last, I think, really good thing they did was Inside Out, um, and which I absolutely loved. I, th I thought Cars 3 was okay. Um, just kind of... For one thing, it's too long. It's like an hour and 50 minutes. Let's cut that down. Shall yeah. We? Yeah, let's let's cut it down. I mean, I think it's... Um, oh, actually, one thing. One quick uh, story here. So, in the theater, set at the very back, right as the movie started, a family, this mother and daughter, um, were sitting there chatting and then all of a sudden, the father came in with this huge thing of popcorn, and like the daughter went crazy, and like he, like the dad surprised the child, and so that was that was probably the best part of the movie for me. <laughs> um, so if you're listening, dad, uh, out there, I don't know where you are, somewhere in North Carolina, you 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 done good. Um, um, Always like hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and also, I absolutely forgot that they were playing a short film before Pixar movies, and so I had absolutely no idea what was going on for during the short film until I realized it at the very end. Um, I said, all right, where are the cars? Uh, let's let's see the cars. And <laughs> um, well, what did you think of the short film, first of all? Uh, I'm not a fan of short films in general. Mm. Uh, truth be told, I forgot 
all about it until you just mentioned it. Nice. I think it was. It's called Lou, and it was about this bully or like a, kind of a mean kid who starts um, just bullying on other kids for various reasons, um, and then he finds all these lost items and a lost and found, and it's it's fine, but it, it it's I probably liked it about as much as Lava for Inside Out, which wasn't that great either. I I thought. Um, but anyways, um, so what do you think of the animation? Like, I mean, I it's pretty good for the most part, I think. Yeah, it's, again, it's Pixar. They're pretty routine in quality. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's like it's getting to the point where most people are catching up to where it's people aren't going out to see Pixar movies for the animation? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Braden, what do you think? Yeah, I think CGI full-on CGI has gotten so good that, you know, so many studios can do it now that it's not really a novelty anymore. People go for the for the characters, for the voice actors, for the story, yeah. not necessarily for the spectacle of CGI. Right. And, right. Oh, go ahead, Will. I was going to say, in terms of story, I think that's where Picks are still on the forefront. Sure. Especially films like WALL-E and Up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Brent, are you, are you a fan of Pixar in general, or do you... I, I am. I'm not as familiar with, with their library. Um... A lot of the animated films I've seen lately, I mean, Laika, for, for all intents and purposes, yeah. I've, I've been huge on Laika. I fucking love Laika, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Will, I know, is huge, huge, huge on Laika, and I, I went and saw uh, Kubo, oh, yeah. Kubo and the Two it's Strings, awesome. and uh, what was the other one that you always Coraline? mentioned? Coraline? Coraline's uh, great. Paranorman. Paranorman, that's it, yeah, which I went and saw that, and that was really charming as well. Yeah. What, what about Box Trolls? I feel like that's probably considered to be the least. Still entertaining, but yeah. nothing compared to, say, Kubo or Coraline or Paranorman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Box Trolls was a lot of fun. Honestly, for me, the villains made it fun. Yeah, yeah. So, they were just so goofy. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Box Trolls. It was charming. Yeah. Um, but anyways, oh, so one thing I wanted to bring up is, like, is it fair to judge... Because I would say Cars 3 is much more of a kid's movie than an adult, or at least compared to, like, something like Inside Out, which is a little bit heavier, a little more... I mean, not necessarily adult-oriented, but it has some adult themes in there. And do, so do you think it's fair to, like, judge a kid's movie as an adult or and say, okay, well, it was bland, it was predictable, blah, 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 blah. Or is it, is it not? Should I just go in like, like a kid and enjoy myself? <laughs> uh, I'd say a bit of both. I've always asked myself, why should a 10-year-old you know, suffer through a bad film just because they're 10 years old? Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Brayden? I, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody is entitled to their opinion. You know, you should have it, um, regardless of, of what age you are. Um, and it's uh, it's good, but I think it's rare if somebody can sort of disconnect themselves from their maturity and just, you know, go watch a movie and say, that was awesome, I really enjoyed that, and, you know, I would have loved that the same at 10 as I do now at 20 or 30 or 40 or whatever. Right. But... Um, you know, if you don't, there are still aspects of films that you can judge regardless of your age. You know, the technical aspects, the writing, the acting, the whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. Anyhow, so mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think I think I think it is okay for people to have opinions. Uh, for older you people have, have opinions <laughs> on children's films. Obviously, have opinions. Yeah, I think children are going to have opinions on adult films that they watch. Mostly, find them 
dull and boring and mm-hmm. so forth, but hey, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, well, what would you think of the um, that supporting character, that Chris uh, Ramirez? Did you think she was... I felt like how it ended up was a little lame. Like she... Well, that's a spoiler. But how the character ends up in the final race, did you like that? Again, I found it to be predictable. Yeah. Um, more, I thought it was a catalyst for the Lightning McQueen character. Yeah. And kind of his transformation, as you find, say, in some athletes from uh, playing to coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just... and like, But the thing is, they spend so much time with that character in the middle. Like, there's a big chunk of this movie that's, like, kind of the development of or the re- redemption of um, McQueen. And it just, like... I know it's a, I think, but even kids in my theater, they seem kind of bored at times. Like, and there weren't many laughs either. Were there many laughs in your theater, or were there uh, many people in To yours? be fair, I was one of two oh, in nice. the theater, and it was my good buddy Daniel who goes with me all the time. Oh, nice. You, I mean, you grab those 10 o'clock shows, right? Pretty lot, frequently. Lots of times, yeah. Nice. Um, so that's the downside of a kid's film when you're out that late. Yeah. There's no kids there to <laughs> judge that kind of thing. Yeah, we hope. We hope parents aren't taking their kids out. I, I could come up with examples, but uh, that's another time. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> um, uh, and so, oh yeah, one thing um, is the so the first trailer for this movie, Brand. Did you see the, tra- the first trailer where it showed like light, Lightning McQueen like turning over, and it was super intense and heavy? Yeah, yeah, I I saw that, and I thought that's that sort of a gut wrenching tearjerker of an ad, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of strange. I mean, just uh, just on this time, again, I haven't I haven't seen the film, so I can't judge the film itself. Yeah. But there seems to be a trend, at least, among a lot of these CGI's, that the further they get into the series, the more oriented towards sort of adult audiences they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, I guess the concept is that people have been growing up with the films, but, I mean, the the time horizon, the chronology on these things doesn't seem to really necessarily match up. When did the first Cars come out? Uh, 06, I think. Something like that, yeah. Right, so, I mean, the people who saw that in the theaters when they were younger are... In their late teens, early twenties now, I would guess, mm-hmm. something like that. And they're not. That's not an age demographic, which really is. I don't know. They're not. They don't strike me as being the types that would go pay good money to see what is essentially a kids' film in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I don't know what they're trying to do, but it seems as though a lot of those films, the third, the fourth, the whatever, are more focused on trying to pull in adult audiences, at least mm. in terms of the story and that kind of thing, which yeah, is why, yeah. you know, hearkening back to your comment, the, a lot of the children seem somewhat bored in the theater is because there's not the snappy, fast-paced mm. action that you would get in, in like, a full-on kids film. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, because, like, yeah, the, like, what I was just talking about, like, the, the middle, there's not a lot of, like, action, quote-unquote, um, and it's just kind of them, McQueen trying to get his wheels back tires back <laughs> um uh and it's yeah so that part i was a little bored i was and um well, what do you think of the cast is i mean oh fantastic uh owen wilson i love chris cooper and nathan fillion both i thought were fantastic sure. i mean i felt i mean i do like army hammer i don't i mean he maybe just the character was so over the top that i wasn't enamored by him but i mean now he's been in he was just in free fire and he was in um Lone Ranger, which yeah. is amazing. We we can all admit it's an underrated masterpiece. Gore Verbinski is the man. Uh, um, we can 
we can do a review of that later at some point. We'll do a retro flashback. Yes. Uh, uh, he was in the social network as well. Correct. Oh, yeah, he played, or I guess he played one, and then he was digitally enhanced, or digitally made for the other one. Yeah. Whatever you'd call that. Um, the Vaughn Winkle twins, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I like him generally. I mean, I think he's kind of has that almost like a classic movie star type style to him and look to him, and so I think that's... But yeah, I mean, he was fine in the movie. Um, and <clears throat> did, y'all, did you find it that funny, Will? Or or as funny as you find other Pixar movies, which can be either way? No. No? And nor did I find it as emotional as, like I said, before as yeah. others. Um, and what I'd say, one the one joke I did laugh at is when McQueen is talking to his uh, female car friend um, in the garage near the beginning, and she's like, the way you've been working that primer... You've never been more attractive, <laughs> or something like that. That is like the best thing, and I, I was—I could tell that was for adults because I was the only one laughing. So obviously that means something. Uh, but, but I love when films like that work on two I know, different levels. I know, yeah. Um, so that one was good, um, and did, did, you know the the uh, kind of Riley dirt race in that in the, like the middle of the movie where they go to that place? Yeah, the almost like a monster truck kind of rally. Did you get a Mad Max Fury Road vibe in there? Hello with the fire and all the chaos. <laughs> uh, no, but I really wasn't thinking about it at the time. Sure. So, well, well, listeners will come to know, I absolutely love Mad Max Fury Road. Best thing that's happened to the world in a long time, I would say. Um, but anyways, I got a, got a, a hint. A hint. Um, but, and how's this... I mean, do you like Cars 2 at all, Will? It's my least favorite of the Pixar films. I, I thought they went a... I mean, again, it's an animated film and suspension of disbelief and whatnot, but I thought they took it a little too far out there mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh, and I, I'm not crazy about the designs of a lot of the cars. Or at least the supporting cars. <laughs> supporting characters, whatever you call it. Um... Maybe a little too of goofy, a little, a little too goofy. But. but again, they're supporting. I think they're supposed to be a little sure. less than your central. The one thing I will say, Larry the Cable Guy, get I'm him tired of him. Get, get him out. Get the fuck out. Like he's like I think they got they put him in the first one because wasn't that around the time when Larry the Cable Guy was like getting popular? Yeah, roughly. That was the whole what was it redneck comedy tour thing? Yeah, like and it's Jeff Foxworthy and I can't even remember the other brutal. guys. And. <laughs> Um, but and so like okay let's get him in there, then they got made cars too so like okay let's bring him back because that was right around the time that I guess he was dying out and now it's just like an obligation like he's he's awful, <laughs> um, and just his style of comedy is just oh yeah can't, 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 can't I was I was never a fan yeah my, me neither um, wait you weren't a fan of a uh, Delta Farce that gem from uh, a few years ago oh my god <laughs> I totally forgot about that brilliant film wasn't that really the only live action film that he's ever probably yeah yeah a brilliant film that uh, <laughs> um okay well um since yeah I guess that might be about it for what I got uh Will you got much else um the one thing I'd like to add is I liked how at times it had kind of like an old west feel to it oh yeah I was, yeah that's one thing I did want to bring up I like the western setting so yeah. I would agree and, yeah I'm a big fan of those old cowboy films and really enjoyed seeing the same same um so yeah i mean visually i think just from a visual standpoint that was cool yeah um definitely um 
And it, this is probably about this, about on par with the first Cars. Like, I'm not a Cars fan, really, but it's a serviceable, charming movie. You know, I'm not going to trash it to death. It so. serves its point. Exactly. Um, all right, well, uh, Braden, any, anything you want to add before we move on? No, no again, uh, hopefully I'll get, to, I'll get to catch that in the theater, but um, I'm not... Pixar's done some wonderful stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I, mean, I think the Toy Story series in particular has been spectacular. But uh, but uh, I'm I'm a bitter old man, and um, as we all are, as we all are, <laughs> and uh, I haven't had the opportunity to, to catch Cars. Maybe I'm a little too cynical, and, and then mm-hmm. uh, some of these animated films aren't as you know I do I really should go see Inside Out because uh, oh it's it's great did was it it was Pixar that did Elp or yeah yeah I mean and that was a spectacular it's the same guy and Monsters Inc oh which is my favorite and Monsters Inc also was was was, but at least the first one was quite enjoyable yeah Um, so I mean Pixar does have some real real gems under their belt Mm -hmm. but for some reason Cars just never appealed to me as much in large part because of Larry the Cable Guy yeah but (laughs) damn it Larry damn it Damn you! But um, I don't know uh, the animated films. Unless there's again the CGI, mm. the CGI. I've seen CGI. I went and saw Avatar. Yeah. God help me. <laughs> so that was that was enough CGI to last me for quite some time. Yeah. Um, and now you know if I'm going to see an animated film, I want something which is a little more. Give me the stop motion. A little stuff. more substance. Go to back to stop motion. I want more. Mm. Um, I want more like a studios. I want mm. more stop motion like that, which I thought was are, brilliant. Are y'all excited for Wes Anderson's new stop motion movie? Do y'all hear um, about that? Come come out next year, called no. Isle of Dogs. No, I haven't heard of it. It looks it's set in so it's I think it's like early twentieth century set in London ish mm-hmm. maybe somewhere, um, and it, like the voice cast is insane. Like it has every person you could possibly possibly imagine. Well, I mean, it's it's Wes Anderson. Yeah, I mean his 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 films are always sort of a smorgasbord of every popular mm-hmm. you know big time A lister out there. Yeah, but that that might be the next action might be the next. It doesn't come out till March ish, and so I think we've got a while before we get another stop motion one. But you know yeah. we'll get there. Well, I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox oh, was it's amazing, spectacular. It's the I best. Mean, yeah, it's so great. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Either of you guys know if Ardman has anything coming out this year? Because I thought they were working Ooh, on something else. Oh, uh, oh well, is that the one who did uh, what you They were the ones that did, uh, yeah, Chicken Run. Um, they did uh, Pirates, exclamation point. Oh, the Band of Misfits one. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I didn't see that. Which, again, they Ardman started in stop motion, and then they did Pirates as full-on CGI. Yeah. It was still a very good film, but it lost some of its charm. Um but I have no idea if they have anything on the horizon. Yeah. No, they wasn't wasn't that one. They did something as full CGI. What was it? Pirates was still stop motion now, I remember. But anyhow, so our, our Ardman is, is I, I love Ardman. Go watch some of their old stuff, Creature yeah. Comforts, where they got their start, the mm. little ad series uh, on TV in the UK. And, um, Wallace and Gromit. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love Wallace and Gromit. Um, all right, well, that's about it. I think we can call it quits on Cars 3. Um, and, Will, do you want to rate this this puppy? Uh, you want to do, like, out of four stars? I think that's... Yeah, two and a half out of four. Two and a half? I'm going, I'm going two. Um, and, and if anyone out there has 
suggestions about, I mean, we'll bring this up later on, but um, you can contact us at thefilmbudspodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, you want to just send us hate mail, whatever you want to do, please feel free. And we can even read some questions or comments on the show um, as we will be doing later. And so please, if you have, even just if you want to criticize us for our rating system, uh, feel free. Um, all right. So uh, then I guess we can move on to Rough Night. Um, and we've also got a clip for this one, and we'll look super excited, so let's take a listen. She's going really fast. Oh my gosh, what is she doing? Oh my god, are you okay? I'm good. I'm really good. You sure? Because you, you landed right on your neck. Yeah, I just see a sort of strike shot landed on the neck. Snap. And we're back up. How are you alive right now? I don't know. <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Um, so Rough Night is directed by Lucia Annie Yellow um, and stars Scarlett Johansson, Zoe Kravitz, Kate McKinnon, um, Ilana Glazer, and a few other weird people. Um, or other people, not weird. Uh, and the IMD plot synopsis is... Things go terribly wrong for a group of girlfriends who hire a male stripper for a bachelorette party in Miami. Uh, Will, what are um, your first thoughts? Things went terribly wrong when I saw this movie. Ah, yes. I think we had similar experience. Um, let's just say I had a rough night watching it. Ah, yeah. oh, damn it, Will. You took my line. Uh, you know I me. Do. I love a good pun. I know. Um, I, I was just bitterly disappointed. I thought for an R-rated party comedy, it didn't go far enough, especially mm-hmm. with Kate McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I love her on SNL, I love her in Ghostbusters, and she's very goofy. Yeah. I, I thought that they just kind of put a leash on her and said, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, with the rise of, say, like films like Bridesmaids, the, the films where women can do the hangover kind of films. Yeah. It's been done, it's been done better. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I hate, I hate to be this cynical on the first show, but I thought this was an absolute piece of shit movie. Like, this is probably one of the worst comedies I've seen in a couple of years, I would say. Uh, I, I would go beyond just comedy. It's one of the worst films I've seen yeah. period in a couple like, of years. Good Jesus. Like, okay, so just all around, this movie is terrible. It's directed and edited horribly. Like, the, the, like how characters are reacting and how you see characters doing things is super clunky and awkward. Like, tonally, it's just tone deaf completely. I didn't know, okay, are we, like, when, it's not a spoiler, because it's in the trailer, but when they accidentally kill this male stripper, it's like, first it's kind of serious, then it's not, then 20 minutes later it's nothing at all, and then they come back to it, and it's just, it's all over the place, it doesn't, they spend way too much time on that, the boyfriend character of Scarlett Johansson is horrible, Will. Oh, completely. He is horrible, horrible, Brayden. I wish you could have seen this because he is so bad. You're making me glad I, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I, I think this should be a requirement to come on the show. You have to have seen Rough Night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just in general. See, I, you were telling me about it the other day, and I decided I was actually going to go see that over Cars Three because I figured well, if I'm going to watch a film, I want to see something distasteful, so at least I have more to say about it. Yeah. Uh, um, and I guess Rough Night fit, fits that bill. Oh God. Um, it's just. Like, for one thing, no one felt invested at all, besides Kate McKinnon-ish. Yeah. And these all these characters weren't developed. Yeah, like, you don't know... It just... 
Yeah, like, no one felt authentic, for one thing. They just felt like they were just reaction, like, pieces, like, going around doing things. Um, and it's not just super unfunny, but, it, I mean, it is very unfunny, for the most part. Um, but also, it's, like, the for one thing, the boyfriend character, who's this, the, uh, or fiancé of Scarlett Johansson, um, he decides to go and drive out to where they're staying in Miami to potentially um, fix their relationship, and they spend, like, the second half of the movie, like, at least half of the amount of time on him. And it's like, we don't, that doesn't, we don't, he, they, he could just go. Like, I thought he was just going to appear at the very beginning, then be out. That's it. And then it's just going to be the, um, the girls, yeah. you know. Um, right. uh, I was going to say, the jokes they did with him oh, were God. bad. Horrible. I mean, I, I've got the attention span or the comedy styles of, like, a third grader. Which it seemed like these jokes rang mm, for, and right. I'm like, I just want this to end. Oh, God. And even for an hour and 40 minutes, it was uh, long. Talk about a film. Yeah, like you are saying, it's too long. Yeah. Um, like, I guess, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but they they have this running gag with a baby. He wears an adult diaper. So they bring up some story in the midway, about midway through the film where this guy tells a story about a person who drove, like, across the country wearing an adult diaper. <laughs> and so that way he didn't have to stop and save time, etc. And so he goes and buys an adult diaper. And then the, every time you see him, he's just walking around with no pants, just a diaper and a T-shirt, like, in a gas station, blah, 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 blah. And it's so unfunny and unnecessary. And there's even a scene... You know that gas station scene? Yeah. That's goes on so long. It's just, like... Where he, he pulls up in his car, needs money, and then the, the truck driver who's stopped um, offers to give him um, or pay him for a blowjob. And then the next guy um, who pulls up does the exact same thing. And it's like, this isn't really funny. And it just feels so fake. And it was repetitive. I yeah. thought they could have done it once. Mm-hmm. It was unfunny. Let's move on. Yeah. And But no, they it's like a 10, 15 minute sequence broken up, you know, into a few pieces, I think, but it's just, like, stuff like that, I just was rolling my eyes, and I could not wait to leave, um, because I was at the very, very back, I was, the door was right next to me, <laughs> I uh, wanted to go, so. I, I, I must confess, there were times where I pulled out my phone and checked Facebook, sure, That's... which seemed to be the highlights of that movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, yeah, like, and there's, one thing is, there's just no pace to this movie, it just feels so limp, and lifeless, you know, it's just, um, and, what, what else do I got here, blah, 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 To um, me, it seems like they stole concepts from other films, oh, like totally. Weekend at Bernie's, for instance, uh-huh. didn't do anything with them. Uh, yeah, and one thing, I guess, I'm bringing, you can even chime in here, it's like, the worst trend in comedies now is having everything center around a party. It's like, you know, starting with, like, Bridesmaids or the, uh, I guess the hangover, the hangover and, yeah. and neighbors, yeah. pr- particularly since neighbors, every mainstream comedy feels the need to inject characters who usually don't drink or do drugs and have comedy ensue from that. Yeah. And it's just, and like there's a new one coming out with Amy Poehler and Will Ferrell at the end of the month. That's the exact. Oh, the casino. Yeah. Casino. The, the yeah. house the thing. The house. That's it. It's just, uh, that's all. And they're just retreading the same material, you know? It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they keep sort of regurgitating a lot of these ideas, uh, these comedies. It's, 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 you know, 
Bridesmaids, I, I think we were discussing this the other day, but Bridesmaids, the cast seems organic. Mm -hmm. It seems, you know, these are, these, are, these are all women who are, like, spectacular comedians. Yeah, yeah. Comics, comedians. I don't know what uh, the PC thing is. The PC com Comedians, I think. Is the <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, they're all... All right, so s sorry if you, a little bit of a pickup there. We had a trash uh, truck or garbage truck right outside our uh, recording place, which I remain nameless. Um, and Shrouded so, in mysteries. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry about the uh, any uh, beeping or anything like that disruption. But anyways, um, well, I th or uh, Braden, you were saying something about bridesmaids. Well, yeah, bridesmaids. I mean, the cast that you've got, you've got Kristen Wiig, who's just genius. Mm -hmm. You've got Melissa McCarthy, who's just genius and absolutely fearless. I mean, mm -hmm. she's just hilarious. Yeah. She's so funny. Um, and you've got Maya Rudolph, again, very talented, SNL alum. I mean, and these are all women who have a background in comedy and, and who work together well. Um, whereas Bridesmaids, I mean, the cast, I don't, I mean, Kate McKinnon and Alana Glazer, okay, fine, and, and it sounds in particular like the two of them, they sort of put reins on them, muzzled them a bit. Mm -hmm. Which is not good because I mean that's what makes Alana Glazer so funny in Broad City is the fact that she's just so out there, yeah, and in your face, and you can either cope with it or you can get scared and crawl back in your hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, Zoe Kravitz. She's. Uh, I liked her in Mad Max, but other than that, I mean, she's fine. She's not terrible in the movie. But yeah, I mean, she was. She was. She was there in Dope. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's that's pretty much all you can say. She was yeah. there. Yeah. Um, she's very quite pretty. She's yeah. I mean, she's she, she was a nice stunning, to look at. Stunning but lady. <laughs> yeah, she is. But um, there, her character was 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 pivotal in Dope, but didn't really do a whole heck of a lot. Right. And so I, you know, again, I can't speak as to as to what she does in Rough Night, but it just she she, she sort of I don't know that she necessarily fits there. And then you've got Scarlett Johansson, mm -hmm. she, and I, you know, I would never think of this ensemble cast together. Exactly. And it's not like Reese's peanut butter cups. It's not chocolate peanut butter, and they work great. It's like mm. sure. I don't know spaghetti sauce and gummy bears or something. It's <laughs> and see, but the thing is, like it, you you say like having a group of people who you wouldn't think would be a cast. That's fine. That can be good, but in this case, it's not. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, like, Zoe Kravitz is nothing. And Braden, you and I were talking about this the other day. It's like, Scarlett Johansson, with the work she's been doing lately, like, Under the Skin, mm -hmm. and her, and all these, and even in Ghost in the Shell, where, I mean, it's not an amazing movie, but her performance in it was quite, I, I thought it was good. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, you're kind of smiling. Um, anyways, who, I love Scarlett Johansson, so I'll defend her to, to death. But No, I agree with you. Um, I, I you know, her under the skin, brilliant. Um, mm. I mean, I gotta say, I've, I actually quite enjoyed her as Black Widow, yeah. as Natasha Romanoff yeah. in, in the, the, the Marvel films. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of those actors, they've gotten really good performances out of them. And Scarlett Johansson is, on, is, is she's done some spectacular work. Yeah. There. And so, going back and doing this sort of random comedy, yeah. A bit strange. It's, yeah, like, it, it just feels so... Now, I'm sure she just did it for either the money, to work with a few friends, yeah. or just for the hell of it. But, like, this just feels very beneath the other stuff she's been doing, really. Yeah. And so, it, and particularly just 
how the rest... Now, if it was just on Funny, or if she was a supporting character, it would have been more understandable, but she's the main character, and her character is nothing at all. And it's just... It's very bland and unfortunate, but... Hmm. Poor thing. She'll... Uh, but I think she'll live. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> she'll come out unscathed, more or less. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Um, would... Oh, actually, going back to Marvel for a second, do you think uh, we're going to get that Black Widow spinoff? Solo movie? No. No? I think they've. I think they've even said. I could be wrong on this. I mean, Will, you probably know because you. I think you keep up with the with the scuttlebutt on that better than I do. But but I've heard that they have no plans for doing a standalone Black Widow film. Mm. Uh, I think if they were going to do that, they would have done that much earlier in the series. Yeah. Um, it could be because she's she was more, I think one of the more minor characters in the in the in the in the comic books. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, so they 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 didn't want to necessarily take a chance on a standalone film on on a character who who was I think again in the comics certainly not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe but mm-hmm. at least in the comics um, a more minor character I could be wrong on that kind I would of like I didn't I, I mostly read X Men as a kid never yeah. got really into into Avengers right right so uh, I could be wrong there. But you know, then again, they went they went and did Guardians of the Galaxy, which is sort of one of their B-list comic properties. Yeah, and, and that's done exceptionally well. Yeah, so. and I, I mean, like I think if they go, I mean, we're getting way off track here. So sorry, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if Marvel does go like um, kind of in the goofier route, like here we can take these B-grade characters and just bring them to the forefront and just embrace the weirdness, it could be really cool. Like mm-hmm. they do with Guardians, you know. Like, they're doing that Squirrel, or not Squirrel Girl, uh, they just announced some new movie with Spider-Man, I think. I don't know. Um, I'm drawing a blank here, and I guess you two. Uh, the last I heard was that um, they leaked they're doing a trilogy with the new Spider-Man. Yeah. I haven't heard anything. So since. starting with Homecoming? And yes. Then, okay. Um, all right, well, well, let's, I'm about done talking to this piece of shit movie, so let's... <laughs> Please move on. <laughs> yeah, um... All right, so uh, out of out of four, Will. Um. Zero. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I guess we can go off. I don't know, like Roger Ebert or something, but like out of the four stars. But I'll go very very light point five. If I, if I could go zero, I would. It was worst film I've seen this year. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, uh, just to, please don't go see it. Do yourself a favor and uh, go go see Transformers. I'm sure it's gonna be brilliant. Um. <laughs> um all right, so um, with that all done, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, we can move on to a few discussion topics. Um, one, we have a couple from some buddies of mine who were kind enough to write in uh, questions, so thank you very much if you're listening. Hope you are. Better be listening um, and downloading. Um, yep. Uh, and so first off is uh, one from my friend Jacob uh, who writes, What makes a movie that's considered to be bad um, by you know critics, audiences, etc., redeeming or good for you, um, and whether that be nostalgia, or you just are really enjoy a certain type of film or character, etc. Um, he's curious about that. So, what what do y'all think? Um, for me, it's a combination of things. Yes, the nostalgia thing. Take the new Power Rangers home, for instance. Mm-hmm. I was super excited, and it was kind of I had fun watching it for an hour and a half, hour forty-five, however long it is, and remembering my childhood. Yeah, um, but 
one of the things, if it's a bad film, was was there a part of it that entertained me? Was there a character I really liked? Um, was there a one-liner that I found particularly stupid and funny? Yeah. Um, so kind of a factor of all those for me. Sure. Brayden, what about you? Um, I've always liked films that are sort of self-aware of how bad they are. Mm -hmm. um, they know they don't really have much to offer. They know the script, the the, the, the effects, all of that is just terrible, and so they don't attempt to, to elevate themselves in any. So they just they play to their strength, which is to say, you know, if we're bad and we have horrible effects and horrible dialogue, and we're just going to ham it up. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna make the the wires visible. We're gonna you know just they just go all out in terms of just making a horrible horrible get film. Some, get some boom mic shadows in there. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> One of my favorite films of all time is still Army of Darkness. Oh, nice. That's right? awesome. So, brilliant film. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and again, that's because, you know, over the series of the films, you know, you had your first Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. And then, um, and the director's name is escaping. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, thank you. The Raimster. <laughs> Sam Raimi became aware over the course of, of the films, you know, uh, sort of how bad they were um and so in the third film he just he and bruce campbell just went just balled out yeah. bad mm -hmm. and it's still one of my favorite films i mean i wish i could say something nostalgia or something like that but but um you know so many films i would be nostalgic for like transformers right the first one mm -hmm. i kind of enjoyed and then it's just gone steadily downhill from there yeah uh yeah. and gi joe the first film was you mean Joe the movie, like the animated one, or the, no, or the one with the, uh, the live Tate. action one, the first one, Channing Tatum, Channing, Channing, uh, yeah. and um, who was it, Marlon Wayans? I, I can't recall. One of the Wayans. They, <laughs> I think there is a secret cloning facility somewhere and in like Montana. Was the Rock in that one, or was it just in retaliation? No, he was. Yeah, he was only in retaliation. Mm. So he was. He didn't even show up for a cameo in the first. Brendan Fraser oh. did, oddly enough, mm. but. But not not Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, above that. But I mean, those films you would think you know. I grew up playing with those toys, and you would think, oh, you know, nostalgia. Those would be great. No, they were. Bleh. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's it's unfortunately not nostalgia. Uh, I don't know anything about characters. I'm trying to think of other bad films besides Army of Darkness that I like. Um, Baba Hotep was a big one for me. Uh, Bruce Cam I mean, Bruce yeah. Campbell's the king of, of, of just cheese. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm a big great. fan of that camp kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this, the self-awareness, yeah. that, that campiness. If you know, if you know you're going to be bad, go camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not too different. Um, I mean, I guess there are recent films like, I don't know, um, Suicide Squad. My buddy Paul, who I'm going to read a question for, is an absolute, uh, hater of that movie beyond belief um but i mean just films like that kind of try to do something different even if they fail like i'd rather have a movie that tries to or usually not always but tries to be ambitious and at least sometimes fails rather than just one that kind of coasts along doing just what they feel safe doing mm -hmm. um and so I, I mean in a way I, I feel like suicide squad did that um and the lone ranger which, I mean, I, I'm not going to talk to the Lone Ranger to death here, but, um, yeah, I mean, it can be nostalgia, like, Monsters, Inc. is one of my favorite movies. I know it, like, that's not considered to be the absolute top Pixar movie, I guess, by the 
uh, uh, population of the world. Um, but it's like, you know, even if there are small flaws, sometimes just being a kid and seeing that movie, certain time, certain place, like it sticks with you, you know? Um, and, but yeah, and for me, it's like, if it's very character driven, even if other things are not as great, like plot, visuals, etc., it can still be, um, like something like the girl with the dragon tattoo, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, like I'm absolutely fascinated with the Elizabeth slander character. And even if the some all like other elements of the movie aren't maybe up to that high level, it can still be amazing to watch just because of that character and your yeah. kind of connection to it. You know, well, um, which which version are you talking about? The original what well, was the Swedish version, or are you well, talking about I, the, I the love, David Fincher? I love both. I, I'm a huge Fincher head. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, I, I I can say I've seen the American one more, but I do love the Swedish one as well, just as much. Because I definitely would say that neither version was was bad. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think both are great. And yeah, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the performances in both. Mm -hmm. I haven't read the story. Maybe I should go back and actually read it. There's a lot of controversy. I guess the fellow that was Lars Stieg Olsen. I think oh, so Stieg Larsson, yeah. Stieg Larsson uh, died, I guess, when he was writing the series or something? Yeah, so he, like, um, another brief tangent here. So he um, he submitted the th all three manuscripts at once mm -hmm. to the publisher, and very shortly after that he had a heart attack and died. Um, and so, you know, he didn't get to see any of the... Yeah. Um, and, I mean, now they've gone on to do... Uh, a fourth one with a different writer, and they're actually yeah. having a new one come out again this Another year. One, really. And then their next, um, in terms of movies, next October, November, they're adapting the fourth non-book, uh, the you know book after the trilogy um, with uh, the guy who did Don't Breathe last year. Yeah. And I think they're looking at. I think for the girl, they're looking at. I think Alicia Vikander has been in talks, and then also some girl from that Crown show on Netflix has been. I, I never mm. saw that, but anyways. Because um, that's, that's what made it, for me, a lot, was the Swedish version you had. It was uh, Nomi Rapace, right? Yeah, she's awesome. And she's, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the U.S. version you had Rooney Mara. Uh, Rooney Mara. And I thought particularly the chemistry between Rooney Mara and then Daniel Craig. 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 Was just amazing. Yeah. Um, so in the story, David Fincher and the music and... You know, the score, the, the Tr score. Trent Reznor yeah. and Atticus Ross are all exactly. awesome. They need to do more stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the. Although I wish Fincher, like originally Fincher was going to do all three movies or all three books at once, but then the his version didn't make all that much money, yeah, and so then they shame. canned it, and so that's just obnoxious. How did Gone Girl do? Oh, it did really well. It made like See, five, it made like five hundred mil, I think. Because I enjoyed that, but honestly, for, for me at least, I enjoyed Girl with a Dragon Tattoo more. There seemed a little more sort of gripping yeah. something mm -hmm. to it. Um, whereas I thought Gone Girl, you know, it, it, it had that sort of weird David Fincher thriller vibe to it, which mm -hmm. I thought was really good, but it, I don't, you know... Rosamund Pike, I always love her, mm -hmm. but I just thought the character, her portrayal of it was spectacular, but I just thought the character was so... Crazy. Well, crazy, yes. I mean, that's the point. She's supposed to be, but but it's it seemed a little staid or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. A little a little um, fl flat. Been you know. Oh, it's another sociopathic crazy person. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh. Spoiler. <laughs> um, They're yeah. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. You know. Let's let's do something new. 
um, which is what I liked about the characters in Girl with the Dragon Tattoos. Are so Again, you've got a fellow who's an investigative journalist mm -hmm. and uh, a young woman who, you know, all kinds of bad stuff has happened to her and she's just brilliant yeah. and is a bit of a sociopath in a way, but mm -hmm. that's what sort of allows her to rise above all of her bullshit circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I don't know. I don't know. Anyhow, I'm uh, taking uh, things away. Oh, no. Oh, and correction, I think I actually made it like $250 million, not $500 million. So for all the uh, statisticians out there, I'm, I'm sorry if I... Uh, but um, um, but yeah. I guess, I, guess the, the, I don't know that I would ever really consider going with any David Fincher film for that matter. Quote, unquote, I'm doing air quote, bunny ear, bad. Yeah. Um, there's just the less popular and the really spectacularly, outlandishly good Dave Fincher films, i.e. Social mm -hmm. Network. Oh, God, so, so great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he has that new, uh, I guess he's only doing the first two episodes, but he has that Netflix show coming out in October or no November. Um, can't remember the name of it. Um, but yeah, so that's, I wish he was doing another movie, kind of, rather than just two episodes of a show like he did with House of Cards, but yeah. I'll take it, you know. Okay. It, it looks weird and twisted, so that's good enough for me. Um... All right, so any other things about that you all want to talk about, bring up before we move on? No, I'm good. All right. Um, all right, so the next one um, is from our uh, my buddy Paul, uh, who I was just briefly mentioned. So thank you, Paul, for writing in. That was very kind of you. Um, and so he writes, because he's a huge uh, comic book fan, uh, aficionado, um, and he's hopefully um, going to be on the show at some point over Skype for, to maybe talk some of the Marvel uh, movies. Um, but he writes, so if they allow um, directors free reign, or, or in other words, like auteur directors free reign over the DC um, extended universe, as they've kind of been doing with Zack Snyder and David Ayer a little bit, um, is it going to be a good thing, or is it is it a bad thing? Like, Because Marvel get a bunch of these, you know, uh, no, nobody's bunch of yahoos to direct their movies besides like I guess James Gunn and um, I call Joss Whedon a pretty big name personally. Oh yeah, yeah okay, okay. okay. Uh, but, all right. Uh, besides, and, all right, so Joss Whedon, James Gunn, um, but like people like this um, guy who directed Doctor Strange and even the guy who's doing Spider-Man: Homecoming. These guys have very little, um, I guess, background, which isn't a bad thing. But then it just I feel like they just kind of they get a formula, they're willing to do it because it's this huge movie. And then they do it, and so it, it Marvel maintains formula, which is clearly working, critically and financially, which is fine. Even though I'm getting slightly tired of Marvel stuff here and there, um, but uh, do you think that DC is better to like get someone like James Wan for Aquaman, who did The Conjuring, or do you think they should just get more low, I guess, lo lower tier people? Well, um, I mean, it's a good question. Uh, it, it's worked with Marvel. I don't think they should try and do exactly what Marvel's doing. Mm -hmm. um, truth be told, I just don't know. I, I mm -hmm. you know, I'd love to see them get rid of Zack Snyder because yeah. Batman versus Superman, not the best film in the world. I'm, I'm a I'm a defender, but I I know what you mean. Um, but I, I think they could benefit from some kind of upper management saying let's do this this and this and you fill in the blanks yeah Brady any thoughts 
Um, that's a tough one. I mean, DC is always going to sort of pale in comparison in the DC Marvel, you know, yeah. uh, dichotomy. I think, which is unfortunate for them, because I think the characters are fascinating. Uh, the comic books are good, but for some reason, they haven't quite hit their stride yet. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Joss Whedon helming the Marvel Cinematic, or the um, part in the DC. Uh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. I don't know how that's going to be. I mean, because they definitely have Joss Whedon and Snyder are very different yeah. aesthetics. So I don't know. Well, that's the, I think I think that's the thing is is other than Watchmen, Zack Snyder hasn't done anything which really impressed me. Same. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't want DC to be just a carbon copy of Marvel. Because yeah. Marvel has, has obviously hit sort of a, a common ground in what they've done. And the interesting thing is, is looking at how some of their series, particularly the Captain America, has changed over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is it that did so the Russo brothers Russo that directed brothers, yeah. that? Yeah. So um, I don't know how they've done it, but somehow, uh, whereas, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, they've gone more sort of levity, campy, fun, mm-hmm. goofy. You know, you've got a dance battle as the set P, the final confrontation in mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy the first one and then um, so that was that was goofy fun what they're going to do with Spider-Man I don't know your guess is as good as mine um, well apparently um, I guess we can jump into this so they did just announce that although there has now been controversy over it like the Venom spinoff and all these other ones are going to be connected to the so they're doing a Venom Film? Yeah. Really? Uh, but Tom Hardy is Venom, which is going to be amazing. Why do they have to do that to me? Because Tom Hardy is the best guy. He's well, well, I mean, Venom is, 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 I mean, all the Edgelord fanboys love Venom because, you know, I mean, the real Edgelord fanboys like Carnage. Mm. Are you familiar at all with Carnage? Yeah, no. potentially, maybe. Venom was, I mean, much like that terrible thing with Topher Grace, <laughs> Venom, <laughs> Venom was, forget about oh, that. yeah. Well, Venom was sort of an alien symbiote, and it took over a normal person who was just super angry, and so it became sort of like yeah. angry Spider-Man, and he was black and edgy, and mm. you know all the metalheads loved him because he had black on. Oh yeah. Um, Carnage is what if somebody who's an actual sociopath and a mass murderer got the Venom symbiote? Mm. So Carnage is really out there. Right. Um, and I remember uh, there was a one a Carnage one off at one point, which was really mind bending. Yeah. In terms of what I I wish I could remember who did it. Uh, again, I, I'm not a comics aficionado. I just read what I liked as a kid. But the the Carnage comic was really mind bending. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would be that would be more fascinating. But obviously they have to keep this somewhat clean and and, and, and happy for all the little children out there who mm-hmm. are. You know, getting their parents to take them to the films—that's that's I'm sure a huge source of revenue for them. They don't want to alienate that that base. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, why did why Venom? Why and then and then Tom Hardy, of all people, who's a brilliant he, actor, and then they do. Because he can do it. I don't want some fucking jobber, you know, jobber going in there and just, you know, a nobody. Get Tom Hardy who can actually act, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it just it just seems like a property that'll fall flat for. Oh yeah. It's not it's not something that's that I think is worthy of Tom Hardy's. Oh uh, yeah, sure. You know, um, but 
in terms of DC getting all these big-name people, um, I don't think it's a good idea. Long and the short of it is, is because um, Marvel, when they put that whole thing together, they had a plan. They had an idea for how they wanted to approach the films. And so, you know, within each film, um, the directors are given certain parameters. And because these are, you know, younger guys working with these massive, you know, younger, lesser-known people mm -hmm. working with these massive properties, uh, they're going to work within those parameters. Whereas if you get a bunch of auteurs trying to do their own thing, they may just go completely wherever they want. Mm -hmm. regardless of whatever parameters are set for them by the DC creative yeah. team. And yeah. so um, so with the Marvel properties, at least feels more cohesive, coherent. Mm -hmm. Co uh, yeah, cohesive, I would say. And yeah. so uh, the DC properties have felt a little, other than the stuff which Zack Snyder has done, which vastly sort of misses the mark, in terms of, of uh, you know, comic book properties. Yeah. Um, and that, that being the key word, comic book properties. So, it's, again, you know, things need to be sort of aware of. This is a comic book. Mm -hmm. uh, and Marvel's done a good job of that. DC, Zack Snyder, too, too edgy, too dark, too gloomy. Mm -hmm. um, See, I'm... Although I completely understand that, I'm, I kind of like that... Although I don't think it definitely succeeded all, always... I really like the dour, dark tone of Batman v Superman a lot. At least it just felt kind of refreshing. It wasn't always that. Sometimes it was way too much. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't mind it going dark. Like they're even DC's even talking about doing R-rated, potentially R-rated movies. Do you think that'd be cool? Uh, after seeing, say, Deadpool and Logan, I would totally, yes, totally see that. Especially the dark tone Logan mm -hmm. took. Well, see, that's the funny thing again, is we're talking about this and, and as sort of a touchstone for what DC plans to do. What do we do? We refer to the Marvel properties. So it, it's unfortunate for DC just because Marvel seems to sort of beat them to the punch every time. Yeah. You know, uh, want to do an irreverent, racy, saucy, in the blue, ultra-violent type film? Marvel's got Marvel's been there already. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, DC has to sort of live up to... And not only has Marvel done it, Marvel did it spectacularly well. Yeah. I mean, Deadpool and Logan are some of the, 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 the best films I've seen in the past few years. Mm. I, would, uh, I, would, I would agree about Logan. I don't know about Deadpool, but we can get into that. Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like Deadpool. I'm not going to, you know, but, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in, you know, top ten for the past Sure. Year, but I think it's, it was... For taking a property like it, like it was, for taking somebody like Ryan Reynolds, who I've, you know, he's always been trying, I don't know, great actor, but he's always been charming, mm -hmm. uh, and, and doing a film like Deadpool after that Green Lantern catastrophe, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, and again, they, it's a film that's self-aware of what it's doing, mm -hmm. and I think because of that, it makes it that much more funny. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, breaking down that full fourth wall thing that they do and the whole irreverent approach to uh, the interplay with the audience. And I think, I think that, was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and it was daring for that film to do that. Sure. And I think, you know, it paid, their gamble paid off. Oh, definitely. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I would agree that for, in terms of the DC, I mean, so just, just in case people aren't, 
aware. I mean, this we're talking like Batman, Superman, you know, I guess Wonder Woman most recently, or the film Wonder Woman, um, which that one has kind of struck gold, you know, I mean, with Patty Jenkins. So I think they, she was a good choice because she's just enough of a unique voice, but not so far maybe like Zack Snyder that just kind of goes off the rails a little yeah. bit, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I would agree that Zack Snyder... I mean, condolences to his family. Do y'all know what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, a, so a tragic, tragic thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so nothing, nothing against him personally, but I would say I do love the director's cut of Watchmen. Absolutely love it. Yeah, it, that was brilliant. Yeah, and I'm, we'll get into Watchmen in a little bit, but um, yeah. So I think they do need to kind of maybe if he was just like an executive producer at most mm-hmm. on a lot of these, and then but with Gotham, they're doing Gotham City Sirens with David Ayer who directed Suicide Squad, and he's known for really gritty, dark movies like Fury, End of Watch. Um, Isn't he the one that directed Suicide Squad? Yeah, 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 he did Suicide Squad, yeah. Right, so that's... And so I feel like if they did an R-rated Gotham City Sirens, and he's doing it, that would be great, because he could bring that gritty, violent darkness, and if they did the R-rated one, I think that would be good, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's... I know that I can imagine it's very hard to figure out which ones are going to be more intense, which are the, which ones aren't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, Will, any other thoughts? No, I'm good now. All, all out? Um, all right, so uh, the next one, um, so uh, this one was will be pretty brief, I think, but uh, Daniel Day-Lewis just retired, or uh, announced his retirement, I should say, uh, last night, um, and he's done, won three Oscars so far, for Lincoln, There Will Be Blood, and... My Left Foot. My Left Foot. Um, and he's going to appear in Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie in December, and I my, my guess is he'll either get a nomination at least for whatever that role is. Um, but are y'all sad or are y'all just, eh, doesn't matter? <laughs> doesn't matter. I, I'm, I'm a fan, but he's. I'm not going to go see a film solely because he's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Brayden? I mean, are you going to give me a protective detail if I actually speak my mind here? Uh, speak your mind, my friend. Um, I don't know. I've always found him to be a little overwrought. Hmm. Um, I mean, certainly, you know, everybody's going to, oh, he's, he's a brilliant actor, and he's certainly more important than you are, or never will be. You'll never get an Oscar. And no, I won't. You know, fine. I've made my peace with that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I just remember seeing him in Gangs in New York and going, oh my God, so over the top. Well, I think that role is over the top, wouldn't you say? Well, I mean, it's like everything he does is over the top. What about Lincoln? Over the top. Oh, no, he's amazing in Lincoln. But, but but so does Leonardo DiCaprio, and he's awesome. Well, right. he, Leo, I mean, after you watch him in, say, The Departed. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't see that as necessarily over the top. I think some of his stuff earlier in his career was a little overdone, but um, I just remember way back when Basketball Diaries, which was genius, and I thought he was quite good in that. Mark Wahlberg also was quite good in that, How the Mighty Have Fallen. But but, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not as familiar with with Daniel Day Lewis's entire catalog. I haven't seen My Left Foot, but not after seeing him in, in uh, after seeing him in 
uh, Gangs of New York, and then seeing him in There Will Be Blood. And it just, it just, you know, um, he's he's tackled some very difficult roles in some very difficult films. But I feel that there's there's just a little too too much something. Yeah, sure. There's uh, so uh, I I think it. it it will be a bit of a loss when he's gone because he does he he has elevated some some really spectacular films and taken yeah. that that bit further fine, but again, it's just you know uh, anytime I watch him, anytime I see him in anything, you know there will be blood. Um, I you know if I were if I were to go back and watch my left foot, I'd just keep thinking of him running around New York in a fucking stovepipe hat with meat cleavers. Yeah. You know yeah. that 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 accent and the whole sure. thing, and I don't know anyhow. But um, understandable. I think I think he's got a very long and storied career. Um, he has certainly done very well by himself. Uh, but I won't really miss him. Yeah, and so I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, so he's working with Paul Thomas Anderson again, who did who he worked on with There Will Be Blood, which he got the Oscar for, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see. I think it's a fashion drama set in the 1950s, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So that's should be interesting, either way. Um, but yeah, so that's that's yeah. I mean, I, I I really like him in Lincoln a lot, in particular, and I'm a huge Steven Spielberg fan, and so I'm just the two yeah. kind of go together. For me, it's There Will Be Blood. Yeah, I just thought all around a well-crafted film, mm -hmm. and at the heart of it, his performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that'd be my second favorite of his for sure. And yeah, I haven't seen a lot of his earlier stuff, so I, you know. I've kind of I've seen his big stuff, his Oscar movies, but not much else. Um, but yeah, uh, and so finally, um, so just last night as well, they announced um, HBO is developing a Watchmen series, which is the I I mean it, I guess it's generally considered to be the best graphic novel of all time. Is that what most people say? Pretty much. The defining um, one. Yeah. I saw the film, and there was so much hubbub around the film, and I had a friend who's a comic book geek. And so I went and picked up the graphic novel, and I thought, I thought that you know it is really intense. It's really fascinating to yeah. to, to to read the the comic book. Um, and honestly, uh, all due respect to Alan Moore, I think what they did in the film, uh, the little twist, the comic book geeks will know me and maybe string me up for this, but but I think what Zack Snyder did in terms of, of uh, Doctor Manhattan's role and how the whole catastrophe is pinned on Dr. Manhattan and they turn him into a bad guy. I thought that was absolutely fascinating and, uh, and a, sort of a brilliant twist which they did in the film which in the comic book very it's handled very differently. Yeah. And in the comic book um, makes sense, you know, ties things together but it doesn't have, I mean particularly with, with regard to ostracizing Dr. Manhattan and his whole uh, reaction to it in the film I thought that was brilliant. He just sort of says, okay I'm a god now, if humanity hates me fine I'll just go make my own universe. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 do you think an HBO series, or just a series in general, that is a good idea or no? Um, if it wasn't for, if it was basic cable, I'd say no. I think HBO has the format to handle some more R-rated material. Thinking, yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of pleased it's going to HBO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, go ahead. They've done a pretty decent job with the Game of Thrones property. Mm -hmm. It, it, I watched the first couple of seasons and then dropped it for a couple of seasons and then last season, season six, five, something? Seven, six, seven, I don't know. 
Um, not the final season, but the previous, chronologically speaking, the, 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 the last season that was played. I don't know, anyhow. Mm -hmm. But that was, I, I started watching again there. Uh, partly just to watch that because friggin' Martin hasn't put out the damn book yet. <laughs> um, but it's, um, they started picking picking up in terms of the pacing and moving away from all the sort of salacious hey, let's hang out in a brothel with topless women everywhere, yeah. lounging around. And, you know. are, you, are you against that, Brayden? Um, <laughs> oh, we won't get into it. It has a time and place. Yeah, it has sure, a time sure. and place. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think, yeah, I'm with Will here. I think, I think that HBO will do a really good job um, handling the Watchmen property. Um, who's the fellow that's going to be helming that? Yeah, so I, I, I can jump in here. So, um, the, I mean, I guess it's official that he's going to be doing it, but so Damon Lindelof uh, is going to be doing it, um, who, for people who don't know, he's um, just recently uh, finished up, he was a co-creator of The Leftovers on HBO, so he's already has a connection to HBO, but he got, he was the co-creator of Lost, um, I believe, um, and he got like insane backlash for people saying he ruined the ending and just ruined the show for how that show ended. And then since then, basically everything he's done has been like, he's like ostracized for it. Like he's, I mean, he, he co-wrote like Prometheus, Cowboys and Aliens, Star Trek Into Darkness, um, World War Z, Tomorrowland. And I was a fan of Tomorrowland, I have to admit. Oh yeah? Hmm. All right. Just kind of fun Disney sure, crap. Sure. And every now and then I enjoy that. Yeah, sure. Um, and but for the leftovers in particular, has gotten. An, I've seen the first season. And it's gotten very high acclaim, and so I think he's kind of redeemed himself. But his writing style is very much like bringing up questions and not really answering them all the time. Like with Prometheus, that's the big thing. Yeah. I think some people have issues with like, which I love Prometheus, so I'm I'm not I'm definitely not against Damon Lindelof. Mm -hmm. um, but like, bring up all these weird things and just not giving audience answers, which I usually enjoy. Um, but for some reason, compared to all these other, like, bunch of shitty writers in Hollywood, he he gets kind of put on the cross uh, right. to be indelicate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and so, I mean, I think it's an interesting idea. I think Watchmen is mysterious enough to where I think his style would work for sure. Um, and but I, I don't I think Watchmen HBO series sounds awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. I mean, they can go the gritty, violent, you know. And probably not make it like too stretched out, like maybe eight episodes a season or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm wondering if they'll do the short format, sort of eight, ten episodes, an hour piece kind of thing that they that a lot of these series seem to be doing now. I mean, you look at what True Detective, for True Detective, yeah, yeah Fargo. Awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, well, first season of True Detective was awesome. Yeah, well, I like uh, the second season, but not, the first one is amazing. I know. Yeah, the first one is amazing. The second season, they had a really spectacular ensemble of characters, and they had some interesting stuff. And the back half, I thought, was fantastic. Yeah, like, mm. the last you know, three, yeah, yeah, four yeah. episodes. Exactly. Definitely, definitely. The build, the build up to that. It just took a little too long. Rachel McAdams is great. Rachel McAdams is great. Everyone's Vince Vaughn was spectacular. Mm -hmm. uh, Colin Farrell was amazing. Uh, I even liked Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. I never yeah. understood why his character was there, mm -hmm. but I thought he did a very good job of portraying portraying a, a somewhat complex character. Mm -hmm. You weren't um, a fan after Battleship? <laughs> or uh, John Carter? Oh, everything. It's just, he's, <laughs> God, he's just brilliant. He's yeah. redefining uh -huh. uh, American... Acting in movies, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, um, but yeah, 
I think I think particularly with the Watchmen property because the, in, in the graphic novel uh, the characters are so complex and I think again Zack Snyder did a very good job yeah. of portraying that complexity in the film but because it's only what two and a half hours roughly uh, you can't delve into them as much I mean particularly the comedian mm -hmm. is a really messed up character mm -hmm. Rorschach obviously is messed up yeah. you know it's uh, oh a little sociopath who thinks he's a hero you know he's interesting it's an interesting character but I think the, the comedian in particular is utterly fascinating mm -hmm. because here, here's a guy who's who knows what he is you know I'm a big burly tough hero and then is abuses his position to 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 do all sorts of horrible horrible things mm -hmm. and, and they did that a little bit with the director's cut which was three hours yeah. so I mean but yeah I, I agree I think a series would much very much benefit a yeah. characters like that so I think whether they just do a limited series or a full like I don't know how they would go more than three seasons to make it really effective you know well like, that's that's the thing is so. is, is it going to be a one time kind of I mean, thing because the leftovers is, is three seasons and they yeah. ended it there and that was Lindell often so I feel like they might go a similar route or less so yeah. we'll see well that's that's a, I know Will Penny Dreadful oh, yes. they only did three seasons of that mm -hmm. which was which was distressing because I loved yeah. Uh, yeah I loved I loved that series and I wish it hadn't and, and John Logan the guy the creator of that is a really good screenwriter like he did Hugo and Aviator and uh, uh, Skyfall Sky, oh yeah Skyfall oh, yeah, and, and Spectre right. as well I guess he co-wrote yeah, Spectre yeah. Um, yeah but yeah he's awesome and I, I what I've seen of Penny Dreadful I really like but I mean the only issue is in talking about the series is like um I just don't have time to commit to all these shows. There's yeah. too much good TV. I can't... If it's not, if it's more than, like, eight episodes, I'm probably not going to watch it, if that... Well, right now, other than Twin Peaks being on, I, there's really, you know... Because Fargo, Fargo ends tonight. This, mm. this third season ends tonight. And so there's really not a whole heck of a lot on too. So so binge and catch up with, with what know. you need to right now. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm watching The Young Pope on HBO with Jude Law, which is quite fun and entertaining. I've I've haven't heard too too much about that. Yeah, so he, I mean, he's, he plays a very young rebellious pope, um, and it's just like you know he, you know, drinks Coke Zero and like all you know, it just has these very you know, and he's you know, a smoker and you know, it's just very much flipping religion on its head. Interesting. And it's and it's very over the top and stylized, and so it's it's a fun time. Um, but yeah, so I'm hopefully I don't know when it, the Watchmen series is going to go into development, but. I'm I'm definitely on board for it for sure. Um, all right, so the final segment of the show, um, you know, we'll wrap it up relatively quickly. Um, we're just going to do a quick recap of the of the year so far. Um, I guess we can do maybe top three favorites first. Let's uh, do it. Will uh, for me, it's Get Out, Logan, and it comes at night. Nice. You know, I, I'm I know there's two horror films, but I I love how horror is kind of getting away from the gore aspects like Saw and Hostel and getting more into the stories. Yeah, and like just like tonally being a horror movie yes. rather than just like maybe something like The Conjuring where it's more... Uh, and it's getting like, back to jump scares and look, yeah. you know, the sh what's in the shadows versus going for the gross out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I still need to see It Comes at Night. Hopefully I can catch it this weekend. We'll see. I need to see Transformers as well, but... Um, uh, yeah, what, Brad, what, what have you been, uh, what have been some of the standouts this year? Um, I wish I had a quick and easy top three. I know two of them at least, Logan, definitely, and uh, uh, Alien Covenant. Mm -hmm. 
I thought was I, I just I've always loved the Alien series, uh, and I thought Prometheus was quite good, and I thought Covenant was a very good sort of extension of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so those two definitely. Um, I don't know. Maybe something will come to me in a moment. But uh, as for that third slot, I, I haven't really. We've still got quite a bit of a year left. Sure, sure. Um, but I don't know I what really has has, has, has has caught my attention so far. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, it would be probably. I mean, I really did enjoy Wonder Woman. I don't know how it's going to hold up on a rewatch like at home, but I mean, I I really enjoyed that. And then it'll probably be Logan, and then maybe Alien Covenant. But like for I think so far this year, it's been a little underwhelming for me. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Uh, not Alien Covenant. A Cure for Wellness. Which like no one saw at all, and it's another Gore Verbinski, gem. Yeah, um, I need to. That was Gore Verbinski. Yeah, really. That seems like a departure from mm. most of what he's done. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how he went from the Lone Ranger to doing that. But yeah, in I terms need to of see. just money. But I need to see that because the visuals just look absolutely stunning. Oh yeah, they're great. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I mean, I think yeah. I mean, it's been a little underwhelming for me. But I think like we got next month got Dunkirk. And uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, which is yeah. one yeah. I'm super excited uh, for. I know it's gonna help. Yeah. 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 Um, I really want to see that. I've I've liked the last two. Same. I'm I'm not as fanatical about the earlier films as Will here is. I remember, you know, seeing them as a wee lad because my grandfather would watch them. Mm -hmm. But uh, Yeah, I like the originals as well. But um, I mean this the the, the the reboot of the series has been spectacular. And I'm really looking forward to this third, this third one with Same. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, awesome. And mm -hmm. the, the fact that he's the villain really excites me. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, Dunkirk, Warford, Planet of the Apes. Dunkirk. Yeah. Nolan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, he hasn't really done anything. Oh, they they just did announce the runtime for that. It's like an hour and forty seven minutes. Really? Yeah. Which surprises me, uh -huh. considering how long his films tend to be. Yeah. yeah like exactly. I was, I was expecting it to be like two forty-five, you know, something like that. But it's like an hour and forty-seven minutes, so short and sweet. With, I mean, with the trailers that I've seen, I mean, it looks like it's going to be a long film because of all these sort of long, beautiful, lingering shots mm. of of planes zipping over these sort of blue beaches and so forth. Yeah. And so I thought that would have been very sort of lyrical and beautiful, but I guess they're. They short. really went at it with a razor in the editing room. Yeah, but I mean, it is apparently supposed to be have minimal dialogue, and so maybe that's the reason for it. It's uh, mostly just going to be visuals and just not a lot of, you know, dialogue in that. Um, but yeah, so I'm um, hoping the rest of the year is pretty good, but um, all right, so the worst of the year for me, Rough Night, top, top one for by far, then probably Pirates of the Caribbean, which was just, I'm a huge fan of the first three, and not the fourth one. And this one was just, it was loud and dull, and just, no, yeah, it was just bad. Will? Um, I'd put Rough Night up there. Uh, Beauty and the Beast for me. Oh, I need to see that would still. Would be on my worst list. Um, and the Jamie Foxx one, Sleepless, that came out oh, in I January, I missed that February, one. was... There, there's films where I don't mind not getting my ten bucks back because I know mm. it helps the theater out a little. Yeah. But I, I want my two hours back. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll probably skip that one. I might, I might check out Beauty and the Beast at some point, just for the maybe the visual style. But I'm not, I don't have much. Cough, cough, from a Watson cough, cough. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge Watson fan. 
Okay. Um, not, not really, at least. One of the big things I had with it, when you're in a musical, the first requirement is you should be able to sing. And I didn't think anybody could sing their way out of a paper bag in that film. Mm. That's unfortunate. Yeah, no one no one on that cast seemed like they were... But come on, Russell Crowe did so well in Les Mis. <laughs> oh, God. Let's just... I, I like Les Mis, but God, Russell Crowe in that is just brutal. It's not good. Um... Oh. Um, he was okay in The Mummy, kind of, ish. But apparently, isn't he supposed to be like a uh, the um, Nick Fury character of the, the Dark Universe? And that's what it seemed like in that. Oh, God. Um, yeah, the cinematic universe is the worst thing. Yeah, it's, I, I don't I don't like it. Um, but yeah, so and then most anticipated, we can just go through this a little quickly. Um, uh, oh yeah, well you. Guys... I was gonna say I'm looking forward to Detroit. I'm a huge Catherine Bigelow fan. You know, mm-hmm. Zero Dark Thirty, Hurt Locker, even her Point Break film in the '80s. I thought was awesome. Sure. Yeah, I'm with Will there. I just saw the trailer for that the other day, and Catherine Bigelow is just she's utterly amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the films that all the films that she's done, Hurt Locker, and uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Just, just everything it's just all so mm-hmm. good yeah yeah so really looking forward to that obviously Dunkirk Chris, Christopher Nolan like like every you know he's you know the Batman series obviously but then you know Memento Inception I mean Inter- everything Interstellar Interstellar which I just saw the other day what'd you think I enjoyed it mm-hmm. not a big Anne Hathaway fan well but... you are though right oh I am yeah well <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle so yeah, um, I don't think she's terrible, but she's just, I don't know. I think some of her dialogue is not great in that movie. Like yeah. that love speech and all that yeah, jazz. You yeah, know? but um, I liked, I, I, I thought it was it was fascinating. The visuals of obviously were stunning. I really like Matthew McConaughey. And it was nice to see a science fiction film that's not, you know, lasers and, and, and you know. It puts the humanity back into it. Yeah, exactly. It puts mm-hmm. the humanity back into sure. the, you know, which is always the, the crucial element in any story is the, the human the human aspect, the human yeah. element. What about, uh, you guys looking forward to Blade Runner? Denis Villeneuve? <sighs> yes and no. Why no? Uh, I, it's been so long since the original came out. I'm kind of like, let's let it be in peace. Sure. Yeah. That's I mean, they, 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 they corrected history when they released the director's version, the director's cut of that, mm-hmm. which... Is brilliant. Yeah. The original version, mm, it's a passable film. It's um, fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's about a, it. It's a good. It's a good passable film. But then you remove that irritating voiceover stuff, and you put in those few those few deleted scenes. Yeah. And it becomes an absolute masterpiece. Sure. Blade Runner, honestly, is still one of my I would say top three films of all time. Oh wow. Um, but the director's cut, not the not the original director's release cut. version, only the director's cut. Sure. Um, so I'm a little hesitant. Um, it's Ryan Gosling. I do like Ryan Gosling. Uh, I love Blade Runner, but at the same time, you know, the book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, there was only one of it. There was no sequel. Yeah. Uh, so why do they feel compelled to do a sequel to a film which has been dead for 25 years mm-hmm. or something now? Because Hollywood is dead. No, not that. Ideas. It's been... Good lord, 30-something years now, yeah. Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. And so now they're dredging it up, and they're, you know, well, that, that speed, that's a whole other issue, which mm-hmm. hopefully we'll touch on another point, is, you know, Hollywood doesn't seem to have any no. original ideas anymore. Yeah. So. Um, 
Yeah, so, I mean, for me, it's, like, next month is pretty big. Like, Dunkirk, uh, Valerian, I think it looks really awesome. Um, and War for the Planet of the Apes looks great. And even Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron. I think that looks like a really fun time. What's that about? It's, a, it's almost like a John Wick, but with Charlize Theron. But it looks so much more fun and enjoyable because of Charlize Theron. Because she's great. <laughs> I don't know. There's something to be said for Keanu Reeves. Oh, sure. Oh, uh, there's, there's something to be said, um, for sure. There are probably um, many things to be said for Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and knowing Keanu Reeves, it's probably one syllable at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, uh, you were just saying you like Catherine Bigelow and the original Point Break. Yeah, Come I, on. I know. Yeah. And I stand um, behind that. But yeah, I mean, like, I would check out the trailer. It, it looks, I mean, it's yeah. not going to be brilliant, but I think it's going to be a really enjoyable time. I've, I've seen the trailers. I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is Charlize Theron. And, I mean, she obviously can do... Yeah, anything. And she's done some really spectacular action stuff. I mean, Mad Max Fury Road. She was amazing in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, um, more recently, Fast and Furious. Yeah. What? Seven? Eight. Twenty-six? The Fate of the Furious. Forty-two? Terrible name. Yeah. (laughs) Terrible. So, um, I mean, she's got the chops. She can do it. Yeah. She can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, I mean, yeah, like Blade Runner, I would say that... PTA's new movie like we were just talking about the fashion drama um, and then Star Wars to a certain degree I mean well, I'm, I'm not looking super forward to it but I think it will, should be I'm fine I'm looking super forward to Star Wars oh, really? I mean that's I, that's what I grew up with yeah yeah I mean one of the first memories I have was being taken to Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. uh, by my aunt my mother as a, as a wee 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 child wee lad as a wee lad um, oh geez something just slipped my mind I was going Anyhow, sorry. Um, the other one I'm looking forward to is the new uh, Steven Soderbergh one, Logan oh, Lucky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that trailer was a blast to watch. I think Daniel Craig is going to be cool in that. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know? Like, it's very refreshing to see him out of Bond. Like, in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. And yeah, so exactly. I think just seeing him kind of go, go crazy and it's not Bond, that's what I'm looking forward to, I think. Honestly, I don't know if this is sacrilege. You know, I, I've talked to you about it before, Will. But honestly, for my money, I still think Daniel Craig is the best Bond. I, I, he's my favorite. Sean Sean Connery is spectacular because he set the role, but I think what they've done in terms of the storytelling and the character with Daniel Craig is yeah yeah you know they he's my favorite so moved yeah. it to a higher spot so you're I, he's my second favorite. I, I will forever hold Sean Connery in the highest regard. That's yeah fair. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a, it's a it's on any given day it might switch for me, but generally I, I like Daniel Craig. But I mean, his films have been fantastic. Casino yeah. Royale, Skyfall, both franchise highs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, um, yeah. oh, I guess we should say Will is a huge, huge, huge Bond fan. You know, he and has a amazing shrine. If y'all could see inside his place, it would, you all would you know wet your pants here with joy. Um, but yeah, he has a shrine with all of the actors. Uh, signed, autographed, Will. What yeah. else, what else uh, is there? I, I got props, autographs. Um, I even got a martini mixer from Casino Royale. Mm. Yep. It's it is amazing. a cinephile's dream yes. in here. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, and I, I've recently been going through some of Soderbergh's movies. I didn't realize how many movies he had. He's, he's done, done a ton. He's done a ton. Like, and it's a lot of the lesser known stuff that I think he's yeah, is, I, he's really hit the nail on the head. Oh, like, God. What was it? Traffic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spectacular film. The Informant is my favorite. Oh, Matt Damon? Yeah, Matt Damon. Yes. Yeah, that is quite that uh, is quite good. And I rewatched Beyond the Candelabra. 
the HBO movie that he did a couple years ago. Yeah, that wasn't bad. I really yeah. liked that. Yeah. Oh, right, the one on, uh, uh, who's the pianist? Uh, uh, Liberace. Yes. Liberace. <laughs> Who was it that played Liberace? Because I know Douglas. Matt Damon Michael played... Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, thank you. Okay, because Matt Damon played, what, his love interest? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need to I need to see that. That's oh, that supposed to be good, really good, spectacular. Good film. Yeah. Good film. So, and, uh, like, Contagion and side effects and... Contagion, I was a huge fan of. Yeah. I love those kind of paranoid films. Like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Same. And I love Rooney Mara. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Tattoo, so... Um, I don't know what to make of the PTA film. Cause yeah, there's nothing. There's only been like one photo released of Daniel Day-Lewis, and so that's all you really yeah, know about. See, it, so. see, that's the thing is I have a love-hate thing with PTA. One of the only films I've ever walked out of was Magnolias. Mm. I, I uh, actually need to see that still. That's the only one I haven't seen. It first. just, you know, it gets towards the end, and then it just gets really over the top. Plus, it had that annoying little twerp from The Sixth Sense. <laughs> um, sure. But I don't know. Julianne Moore is in it, and I love her. Mm. And uh, Philip Seymour. Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of the, I one of the, I think the greatest actors. You talk about Daniel Day Lewis. Pete, what uh, what shattered me was hearing that Philip Seymour Hoffman died. Seymour Hoffman, yeah. Um, but um, you all see Moneyball? He's great at Moneyball. Oh you know, yeah, Moneyball. yeah. Moneyball is genius. Mm. I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole thing. So and the master as well. Of yeah, which I was about to say is probably my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mine too, I think. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Is Paul Thomas Anderson in some of his films? I didn't much care for Inherent Vice. There Will it. Be Blood. I thought was Love good, it. but Daniel Day Lewis again. He's so uh, he, there. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's so in your face with his his his, his actor stylings. Mm -hmm. Um. But The Master is honestly one of the best films I've seen in the past few years. Mm -hmm. And the interplay between Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman blew me away. So uh, Inherent Vice was just sort of a throwaway film. Honestly, I thought it was, you know, A for effort, but uh, a little difficult to follow at times. And you just kind of go, okay, I, w I watched a movie. It mm -hmm. didn't really oh, I love push you or unsettle you the way The Master did. Sure. Um, and so this next one could be brilliant, could not be. Br I don't know. Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, all of his films I think are quality, but but just subjectively, I don't. You know, some of them. Yeah. Don't sit as well with me as others do. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm sure it'll be around come Oscar season or yeah. Oscars. So yeah, either way. Um, but that might be about all we got. Um, I mean, y'all have anything else you want to bring up? No? No. no. Um, so, yeah, so I guess just in conclusion, um, again, if you want to ask us anything, we will probably read it on the show, so you can send it to thefilmbudspodcast at gmail.com. And we also have a website, thefilmbuds.com. You can reach us at Twitter, at thefilmbuds, or on Facebook. Our, uh, and so we have plenty of ways you can get in touch with us. Please uh, feel free to do so. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and so next week, uh, we're going to be doing Transformers, if all goes well. Um, Brayden, you said you would have some interest in doing that, or no? Yeah. Because um, you are you go crazy for Bayhem. You know, you, you love... Oh, Michael Bay is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're just... <laughs> He's the best I, ever. <laughs> so this is what? This is the fifth film of the series, so I need to budget a good three to three and a half hour block for this one? Uh, it's two and a half hours. 
It's two what? And a half. It's two and a half. Yeah. That's not right. That's it's not a massive increase over the last. I know. One. I was yeah. There's an original report that it was going to be three hours, but now it is officially two twenty nine. I think so. Let me down. Yeah. I'm going to see Transformers film. So they have to be at least 15 minutes longer than the previous. Yeah, sorry, Michael. Or, or yeah, do you see? She, well, she, you can rewatch the first 15 minutes of the last one. Then. Oh, okay. There we go. With, the, with the Dino Bots. Yes. Dino Bots. Mm -hmm. Optimus Prime riding a Dino right. Bot. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, they, I caught the last, like, a kind of a middle section on TV last night of Dark of the Moon. God, it is bad. Yeah, it it's really so terrible. Loud and bloated and. Just all, ah, oh, it's an incoherent mess. What I want to know is, how does he get the people to do the cameos? I don't know. That do, I mean, Francis Nike. McDormand? Oh, yeah. John Malkovich? But no, but that, yeah, they, it's barely not even a cameo. They're in it for a substantial amount of time. Yeah, that's true. You know? But yeah. if you're them, think of the exposure. How many people are going to see Transformers? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's a little I'm bit sure of money. sure it's money and it's, marketing, so. Yeah, exactly. It keeps it somewhat them. relevant, I guess. Yeah, but... <sighs> yeah, so anyway, yeah, but anyways, um, so we'll review that next week, and we might more than likely be joined by um, our a buddy of mine who works uh, at the coffee shop I'm at, um, uh, Paige Brown, who I believe she said she wants to be like, you know a permanent member of the group, um, although we'll try and figure out the schedule for that. So she'll be here. Uh, Mr. Braden will be here. Uh, if all Yes, yes. Um, and so we're, it's going to be a, a good, fun, epic show. Um, and so, yeah. Um, and well, the vein of will here might be transformative. Mm, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so uh, thank you so much. We hope you've stuck with us. And sorry for any, again, any technical difficulties. We're, again, very new to this. And so we're, we're going to hopefully have a very structured plan and all the equipment we need and everything and everything ironed out very soon. So um, we'll hopefully see you next week. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you later. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.